Hello everyone. My name is Saket and this is the first episode of the Design Podcast of year 2023. Today we have a very special guest. This person needs no introduction. His company's design-centric approach and a vision to become the best performing EV motorcycle is just mind-blowing. Their vehicle was recently launched and also showcased in Auto Expo Delhi. Everybody talks about this company. You have guessed it right. We are talking about Mr. Narayan Subramanian, the co-founder of Ultraviolet Automotive. When I get a chance to sit with someone like Narayan, I make sure that I have those conversations which will help me understand their outlook towards everything, their perspective towards success and life and also that X factor, you know, which sets them apart from rest of the community. This conversation was very special because it was very candid, very organic, yet it had so much value. I could learn so many things from this podcast. small nuggets of this podcast narayan and his co-founder neeraj they never had a vision to start a company they never wanted actually then why did they start why did they name their company ultraviolet why aircraft as the inspiration why f77 he has shared so many things the first part will be his journey till the point they decided to start this company and the second part will be all about how they built this company we'll talk about design details of f77 small small things why this proportion why this kind of features everything this is going to be a wonderful wonderful conversation i recommend you guys to watch till the end and without any further ado let's welcome my senior from college my dear dear friend narayan subramanian narayan welcome to the design podcast thanks for doing this man it means a lot to me and the design community sure <laughs> and uh, it's been a while but uh, i want to congratulate you on getting the investment from xor capital thanks thanks i mean i mean first of all welcome uh, here very happy to be catching up with you it's been what 2013 almost here yeah. about a decade since almost we decade. last met <laughs> yeah so For those who don't know, we went to the same design schools, and uh, I mean, yeah. got a lot in common. Yeah. Uh, and yes, I think what you're talking about in terms of XR, etc., I think it's a great validation of our endeavor to be an Indian company making, uh, creating waves globally in the automotive technology sphere. And I think we're at the precipice of what over the next decade could, you know, blossom into hopefully a very large enterprise. You will, you will. I'm pretty sure. And uh, I think the launch is around the corner. Right. Maybe this year. I think every everyone is like launch kabhe, launch kabhe. <laughs> yeah, it it is around the corner. I think it's it's a matter of days now. It's not months or uh, anything. So. Wow. Okay. Super excited for that. And there's already a good word of mouth everywhere about UV. It's it's been a latent sort of a uh, what do you call it? A desire in us to create something. very different from what the rest of the industry is heading towards mm. and i think it goes a long long way before we started the company also of you know wanting to create value wanting to create something different wanting to move the technology curve uh, faster than what the median is and it's a moment of all of those things coming together finally so wow so i want to take this podcast as an opportunity sure and make this podcast into something which can become like a guidebook Sure. for uh, all the aspiring design entrepreneurs you know sure. because uh, not every day you will be you know seeing and listening to the stories of those guys who have made it sure so uh, yeah i am looking forward to it so there's i mean be- one disclaimer before we get into details is 
um, I think my vision or my co-founder Neeraj, I think none of us ever had the ultimate goal of starting a company. Really? It, it was a consequence really? of yeah. what we are seeing around us and when we were working in different places and wow. thinking of what we could move faster, right? So, oh. so, so in that way, we never thought, you know, 10 years back or 15 years back when we were classmates or friends and uh, working on projects that uh, we want to start a company to be successful. It was more of, you know, at a certain point in time, we realized maybe trying this out uh, could move things faster than oh. what was happening. I wasn't expecting that because I thought you would have been this person who always wanted to start something, you know, <laughs> and that's why I want to go back to your, you know, the starting of journey. I want to understand like which were those interest areas or pivotal moments during your childhood, you know, sure. which, you know, paved the path for your entire journey, which sure. now we are witnessing. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I think maybe you would resonate with me. Um, one, one very interesting thing that designers share in common is that um, uh, annoying curiosity, right? You're <laughs> curious about e every single thing around you, yeah. about services, about products, about whatever you see. And, you know, you always have a take on if I were to be part of this, how I would do it differently and things right. like that. So that started very young, at a very young age for me. Okay. And um, I grew up in France during my very early formative years. Oh, um, really? I didn't yeah. know that actually. So my dad's a doctor. He was in um, a small town called uh, Nancy. In, in France, France, yes. Oh, okay. So he was there for a while, and then Mum and I, I think I was about four, mm -hmm. uh, moved to France, and we were there for about uh, two years or so. Oh, okay. And uh, I remember going to play school then, and it was all about you know playing with colors, playing with textures. It, uh, we weren't taught language. You learned language as a consequence of having to communicate with other kids, and your uh, ability to absorb is really strong at that point, right? So I could speak fluent French. Really? Today, I can just understand if someone speaks slowly, <laughs> but I mean, I'm not in touch it's with the... Okay. Yeah. But uh, crazy man, actually, I like this about, you know, uh, European countries, their education system. Uh, it They don't force you, you know, a lot of syllabus on you. It allows you to mold yourself, okay. right? It's not force-fitting a mold and my, expecting you to grow into that. My nephew actually, both of my nephews, they are in Amsterdam. So, they keep telling about their schooling and all. And I'm like, dude, this is so nice. They'll be left in a play, you know, like big hall like this. Right. And they'll be having a lot of toys and this and that. And then teacher right. will be just observing there, like, which is his inclination? What does he like and all that? Right. Like, wow. Right. <laughs> <laughs> also, it's it's very conducive to, you know, exploring what... You like doing and uh, yeah, I think I mean, it would be helpful for the creative journey, especially. Sure. Right? Wow. So, I mean, I don't know what impact that had. It's just um, uh, a very cool memory in my head. Um, but what happened when we were in France was okay. Before that, so my highlight of my time in France. Okay. Two years we went to a lot of. You know, the, did the usual touristy things, amusement parks, uh, cultural. How old uh, were you that time? Uh, four, four, five. Damn, you remember everything? No, not not vividly, but I have you know just very blurred uh, memories of these. Wow, okay. One thing I remember vividly okay. is for that whole one and a half years or so, mm -hmm. um, I pestered my parents to get me a RC car, oh, okay. and these were not radio controlled. These were those wire you have a Got it, yeah. uh, transmitter and a wire and the vehicle. Yes, so I'm bound to you know what the length of that cable <laughs> is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
and I was fascinated by that and uh, wow. um, but parents were like it's expensive um, don't throw tantrums you're not getting it right now and one year went by I think a year and a half went by before we left France one of my dad's colleagues in the hospital mm -hmm. she I think uh, was quite fond of me and gifted me a remote control car with those off-road tires and wow. I lost my mind right? <laughs> <laughs> so that is my single most vivid memory uh, from that whole two years there. Oh, that is quite an, uh, you know, impactful memory or the incidents, I would say. What made it more special is you've been dying to get it for one year <laughs> and you're not getting it. And then finally, you've lost hope and then it's like, hey, this is in front of you. You attracted so, it. So, <laughs> it continues into the universe. Possible. This is what I want. This yeah. is what I want. Awesome, man. So, how many years did you spend in, like, France. When about, did you come back? about a couple of years and then we got back uh, here. Okay, directly in Bangalore. Yes, okay. um, we were um, from Bangalore. Okay. Uh, Dad was working in Bangalore earlier. Okay. And, uh, so, <laughs> what happened though, which was even cooler than that remote control car, which I wasn't aware of, huh. was my parents had stocked up on these Lego kits. Okay. Right? So, very cool. And, and for some reason, I think mom and dad had spotted some. Um, creative potential in me or wanted me to learn science. I don't know what the objective <laughs> was, but they stocked up on Lego Technique. Okay. So they got about six or eight Lego Technique kits mm. and um, these teach you how to work with gears, pneumatics, like motors, all yeah. of that, right? And uh, their plan was to give one to me each birthday of mine. So, wow. so it was all in my mom's cupboard okay. and uh, one day back in India, and I was already fascinated with Lego. I had a couple of kits. I was, you know, mixing and matching and building my own stuff and doing that. But one day, mom gave me the cupboard keys and said, hey, can you get me this document or file or something? And I had to look for it and I, you know, pushed some of the clothes that were hanging. And I lost my mind. There's like, it was a stack of eight Lego Technique kits. Okay. And probably one of the top three happiest days of my life. <laughs> so... And then, then my mom, I mean, she saw how gleeful I was and she couldn't uh, refuse. She like, fine, take it. Take it. And uh, yeah, every, that, that entire summer vacation was like magic. And uh, yeah, did, did maxed out whatever I could, built the models that the kids instructed you to, tore it apart, built a lot more different contraptions, Crazy. put them, try to make them fly, put them in water, try to make it float. If it floated, try to make it move. So just a lot of these things. And if, if the Lego kits didn't have um, the required parts, then... I would still try to see how to meet that objective. I mm -hmm. I still remember taking these, um, you know, these Camlin uh, uh, rulers, right? Yeah. The six inch rulers, right. yeah. the plastic ones. I took it, held it over a candle, bent it, cut it and made propellers out of it to then put it in uh, wow. uh, water and try to make the boat run, right? Dude, actually mm. you were in a way doing design, you know? Yeah, yeah, without, without, without knowing without this is knowing. called... Uh, yeah, yeah, because there was creativity involved. <laughs> There was a lot of mechanical and you know movement and things like that. Making things functional. Then. Making things functional. Yeah. yeah. So form, function, everything. Awesome. And at such an early age, that is very fascinating. By yeah. Because uh, you know, I come from a very small town and I got access to all those things, all these things actually very late in my life. Huh. Because we didn't have any awareness of this. Yeah. So we come from a middle class background. Dad was a doctor in a, in the government service. Okay. And uh, so, 
money never solved problems so which is why if i wanted that propeller there was a website in singapore where i could have ordered it from but not happening right? right so then i had to really think okay now that is not an option but i know what it looks like what are the angles the blades are at how do i you know try to fabricate right. something yeah might not be as efficient but did the job right? wow. so it was just finding things around the house and uh, figuring out what you could do right now there's a lot of hobby kits you get mm. um, i'd say back in the 90s and 2000s there was absolutely no nothing industry yeah. around these um, that brings me to a very uh, nice thing which i have observed whenever i speak to you know designers or people who have made it like very well in their lives and all no? so i understand from them adversities they're going to be there always but the drive no which will make them keep going Yeah, you know. So I think you had that drive. Yeah, and whatever the problems came in between, yeah, you could figure out a way to do that. Yeah, like you used Camlin rulers for that, for example. But yeah. yeah, you found a way to do that. And actually, I want to make sure that audience understands this because you know there are so many students and designers who will keep cribbing about the problems they have in their lives. You know, but if you have that drive, yeah, you'll make it happen. So no, and, and there have been several. Um, dangerous incidents also in this whole journey we are playing with batteries and motors and and some some points taken off you know appliances that stopped working at home oh. trying to pull out parts and trying to repurpose it for um, like the mixer at home in the kitchen <laughs> mixer broke mom is upset i'm happy okay don't please don't exchange it for a new one you like get a new one but try to give me the motor from the mixer yeah open it and see what is inside let me try to repair yeah and there have been times like <coughs> put batteries like um, you know naked batteries the terminals connected put them on a boat try to make a submarine whatever Correct. put it in a tub of water and i've gotten shocked oh yeah so stuff like that has happened well that's when i realized what is insulation <laughs> right then then it was about taking balloons and you know mm. using rubber as a medium to insulate things and Damn. so yeah there have been several times where <laughs> i think it's uh funny we're working with electric vehicles now i have had several instances growing up where i have faced shocks from the plug point from batteries and you remember those um, uh famous cuboid 9 volt batteries right right right, right yeah. yeah and those were like damn good like i mean the energy that provided over um, correct uh, what do you say the triple a double a cells was crazy so a lot of my bad incidents are with those 9 volt uh, batteries <laughs> <laughs> wow man that is very fascinating like when we look back to all those memories you were trying to build it, build something like f77 <laughs> anything about it right try to just figure out so of course when you were doing that uh were you aware of uh, design as a career path like not not at all not at all not at all so when um, i was studying 12th or i mean the two key milestones in our lives are still 10th <laughs> and 12th right the board exams for sure yeah yeah so much pressure to get into a good college get a like a good rank and um, you know that that is a vicious cycle um people tend to have a negative view on it but i think if you treat it the right way it helps you later in life dealing with that kind of stress when you're 16 and 17 18 right. actually prepares you for stuff that you face later so i don't know one uh, not ideal for everybody but if you're able to navigate and understand what is important what is not um it definitely helps you later on so to your question the options were engineering uh, and medicine medicine yeah. yeah and i had taken a physics chemistry maths biology in 
uh, in my 12th. Right. So medicine was a possibility. Mm. But I slowly realized, I mean, I think I'd already realized um, subconsciously that I want to do something involving machines and uh, gadgets, etc. Right, yeah. uh, but when I was in 11th and 12th is when I formed, I mean, finally figured out I don't want to be in the medical field. Mm. Uh, want to do something with technology or creative uh, this thing. So architecture was opening up back then. Uh-huh. So I had written the AIEEE exams for architecture, got a really high All India rank for that. Really? Okay. Yeah. And um, at that point, family also was talking to other families, friends <laughs> and it's a… It's a pivotal moment, no? <laughs> it's a family, yeah, yeah. it's everything for them. Twelfth turning point, yes. and it's democracy, right? Like whatever <laughs> someone else is doing, all that influence comes in this side. Oh, and sure. I can totally relate with this, yeah, of course, sure. I think it happens to every… Indian middle class family yeah. that okay 12th and yeah. they will try to force you know careers which is going to give you good salary and good settled Correct. future and all that. See but that comes from what was important in their generation. Exactly. Where a government job was like sets you in like in a good place for the rest of your life right. Of course. Pension yeah. is taken care of, your job security is taken care of yeah. and so actually yeah to add to that point uh, People don't realize that even today in India, for most of the Indians, survival is still the first, you know, basic necessity to solve, right? Right. And they come from a generation where, you know, development was not there, Indian economy was not growing at this pace. Right. And they have seen, you know, what happens to people who are not getting enough education and getting good salary and what is happening after retirement and all that. Correct. So it is completely justifiable why they were thinking like that. And I want to, you know, uh, praise you for this thing that I am liking this positive outlook on almost everything what you are saying because I see people around me usually craving about these things. Yeah. Education system, SI, SI. But then you said it prepares you for life. Yeah. You know, that stress and, you know, dealing with the timeline, deadlines, yeah. you know, and managing your time properly. You, know, yeah. you have to finish this much syllabus in this given limited Correct. time and all that. So that outlook is very important. I mean, there's finite resource, but infinite requirements. Right. We are a country of over a billion people. Of course, there is competition for everything. Right. I, I remember my school life also, high school. Hmm. I went by the local Bangalore transport bus. Okay. And uh, like, no matter what happens in school, Fighting and getting a seat in the bus is the highlight of your day, right? <laughs> Doesn't matter what happens the rest of the day. And That's true, man. Actually, yeah. How many times I have traveled in bus standing in between? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basic, basic things which, you know, developed countries take for granted. Yeah, yeah, take for granted basically. So it's a struggle for us. Yeah. And that prepares us for everything. And that's why. And I think all of us are born designers growing up in this environment. No, you're always fighting to optimize something in some creative way and that's what that's what like indians are the best jugadu people in the world right there's yeah. a reason for that because we have given so many challenges yeah. we have to make the best out of out of it right? yes yes and that prepares for so many things you know mathematics also like, yeah uh, in developed countries like my nephews and all no they'll be getting calculators from a very young mm-hmm. age mm-hmm. Get, uh, you mentioned calculator and mathematics i remember my knuckles getting bruised in school when i get a 13 table wrong <laughs> 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 many many will relate, yeah. relate to that actually true 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 okay, okay cheers okay yeah like you already mentioned 
that everything what were you doing you decided to go and follow engineering yeah. because you were not aware of design as such so right. how was your you know engineering journey and were there any you know uh, pivotal moments or projects or things which you did which right. you know enlightened you about this design as a career path and things like yeah. that i think i think plenty the whole four years of engineering was very pivotal in ultimately what led to my career choices did you meet neeraj uh, in engineering neeraj was my classmate from school we were competing for first rank throughout high school so. oh rivals sir <laughs> yeah yeah and rivals <laughs> friends and later on worked awesome. on several projects together okay. and we'll come to that later yeah, but right. yeah we can talk about your engineering <coughs> journey so joined mechanical um, both of us went to the same college but mm-hmm. um, what happened was first year is more of common subjects right everybody studies the same uh, right. two semesters of foundation right. and uh, uh, realized uh, that the syllabus is frankly sort of outdated okay um, started questioning the practicality of what you are studying how much of it is you know going to be relevant in the real world and right. spoke to a lot of people through uh, family friends contacts about what they do in their jobs etc okay and uh, yeah so that there was time available right four years of a lot of time yeah, and yeah. Uh, the culture is basically I, I, you're an engineer right engineer right yeah. so we study for exams the week before <laughs> exams one <right>. month <laughs> preparation leaves that yeah, enough right yeah. <laughs> and the whole culture is just just i mean memorize or mug up what's there and try to just replicate that in the right yeah so that wasn't really satisfying um two avenues for me one was sports i was actively into basketball, basketball. at that point mm. um kept me those who don't know narayan is an excellent basketball player actually in nid also he used to be a popular chap is known for you know he would be easily spotted with his basketball shorts and you know jordan <laughs> shoes and things like that yeah <laughs> yeah so, please continue so one was that second was i think we slowly uh, neeraj me and a few more like minded people right um started you know working towards interesting projects and uh, competitions as part of college fests right. so what happened was if you know iit bombay has a fest called tech fest tech fest yeah uh, mood indigo which indigo. is a cultural fest tech fest right. on yeah. the engineering side and uh, tech fest we i mean just happened to go through the website and saw a lot of very interesting project briefs or competitions yeah. uh, where you need to build working prototypes of aircrafts or boats or cars or whatever robots depending on what the event was <laughs> so each year we sort of you know work towards allocated 3 4 months of time mm-hmm. and 4 5 of us work towards that one particular project brief this required us thinking creatively across mechanics electronics computers and figuring out a solution oh and okay our approach was always zero or one i remember this uh, one one competition where <coughs> the brief was quite challenging you create a vehicle that uh, traverses a certain path on land okay it has to navigate so it needs uh, you know ability to steer itself remotely oh. second it enters the pool and it needs to navigate a path on water right third it has to climb back onto land mm-hmm. and then climb up a ramp of a 45 degree incline wow to a height of 1 meter and fall it's a vertical drop of 1 meter needs to sort of reorient itself mm. then you know go through and then open certain spring loaded doors so you need to understand what the spring tension is what the uh, shape of the i mean what the thrust pain the vehicle has to be to open those doors and then reach the finish line 
that's quite a complex yeah. brief actually uh, rc car with so much you know it's like building a transformer transformer <laughs> yeah. right exactly yeah and i mean stuff like this we found really interesting right and um, we would when i say we would take a zero or one approach it's either like go for a home run or it's a glamorous failure <laughs> so, <laughs> right so every other entry there in that event was a tupperware tiffin box with paddles <laughs> on it okay which um, sort of does the same thing but it's not most efficient in all the situations and you're timed right mm. fastest wins and every time there is human intervention in realigning reorienting the vehicle you are docked points or seconds okay. that's how the uh, final score was tabulated so what we built was this um, a crazy thing which was an air propelled vehicle mm -hmm. independent servo motors for the steering mm -hmm. and um, what we realized was the swimming pool path was quite long okay and for a vehicle to function efficiently in water or air mm -hmm. length is one of the key parameters right so right. you have to optimize how long the bot of the vehicle is and uh, the competition brief said you need to create something 30 cross 30 cross 30 it's oh, a 30 cm 30 cm cubic volume you can't exceed Got that it. okay and we built something that was obviously looking longer okay so we sort of did well in that event and um, uh, air propelled like i mentioned and people started complaining are like everyone else is like this small uh, like like a box which fit in that thing and uh, then the judges are like uh, hey guys you like we need to inspect what's happening oh. and this was like a very cool instance right okay and uh, so we like yeah your guidelines are 30 cross 30 cross 30 then like it's obviously not meaning someone took a ruler and measured it was 43 um okay. centimeters yeah. and uh, then the organizers brought a box they also like thought about it bought a box yeah. of 30 cross 30 cross 30 without the top Okay. So that it's obviously not going inside, right? But we had designed to fit the diagonal. So oh, then wow. we just reoriented and it pushed straight into the box, right? Oh wow! Then it was like a oh shit moment for like everybody, everybody there. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So small details, loopholes, like how do you figure out within constraints to you know solve the problem in the most efficient way was our approach. This was one. instance if i talk about every project that's the only thing we'll talk about today <laughs> but we ended up winning over 30 40 of these across four years of Three engineering zero. you said 30 yeah 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 wow okay <laughs> and also one more thing that helped was both neeraj and i had a very good um, um aeronautic uh, aero modeling background okay. i was big into building aircrafts with balsa balsa wood and because after lego uh -huh. my next move was into functional aircrafts and yeah okay and this was the era before um, rc flights you know you have line control flights right. with one you control the right. yeah. uh, fuel intake into the engine uh. with two you control the elevator in the so it's 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 two lines going from your hand this is elevator this is the throttle yeah right and it was i mean you build your own aircrafts Crazy. so you understand aerodynamics aerofoil sections how the wings need to be attached to the fuselage for what kind of purpose single prop dual prop uh, turbine aircraft sort of this i think <coughs> the more we are talking about everything about your journey no no wonder you have something like f77 <laughs> in place today <laughs> because you have been doing something like that unknowingly 
and i have always believed okay <laughs> engineering is a place where you go to figure out what you want to do in life right? exactly <laughs> <laughs> unfortunate that we spent 4 years to do that <laughs> right but yeah it's such a amazing platform right and in that time you get time to explore right. there are so many events like you know those uh, robotics and, and things like that yeah. there's so much exposure you get to explore so many things and if you are good with your time management last one or couple of months of studies are enough for yeah. you to you know get good grades right. and you know then it becomes easier to deal with your family pressure also because you know <laughs> their main concern is okay you are not you know Yeah. you are not failing in your exam correct correct that is all okay so if yeah. you are getting like let's say eight pointer or something yeah. okay then you good good and along with that you are doing something which is not like you know get clogged drinking and all that <laughs> so then it all makes sense to them yeah. and i think it makes it very easy for everything so you can yeah. follow your passion you can study also so yeah kudos to engineering actually yeah yeah have also similar story but right. yeah let's focus on your story when you did all this what was that moment when you decided ki fine i want to pursue design as you know my future career path right. what was that moment still still didn't have too much clarity into that this was yeah. just out of you know it became addictive we're like good at something shit man let's do let's do it the next event is like a bigger challenge let's see if we can solve it and it was just this i mean didn't have a uh, trajectory of where this would land at a certain point it was just it's interesting let's do it that's the approach we both of us and some of our other friends were going with okay and uh, i think we finished engineering um, placements was around the corner right and uh, i mean you know this whole it drive that right. was or i don't know is still happening uh, it's still it's still there <laughs> <laughs> right where they come and recruit a few hundreds of people yeah, and yeah it happens so So what happened back then was I started questioning do I want to get into that sort of um, field right also spoke to a few people doing the core um, uh, field in the in within mechanical or civil or biotech or whatever people are studying and even a lot of them were not really contributing towards what their academics were all heading towards mm, so then I did some some background research into you know design research i mean design opportunities and uh, uh firms in and around bangalore product design firms mm. back then the only studios were product design now you have a lot of ux ui etc yeah. uh found a few and um, just took took all my projects put them into samsonite suitcases <laughs> took it dad drove me down to two of these studios landed up in front saying hey i'm an engineer i've done a lot of interesting projects Would you like to meet me? Okay. Right. Then I went to the third place. I went to was a studio called Icarus. Icarus. Okay. They are still here in uh, Bangalore, Bangalore yeah, right? Yeah. Their old studio was in Indranagar. Hmm. So I just walked up there. Across. No, we were living across Bangalore. Okay, okay. I mean, office happens to be here today, but okay. we were living on the other side. Okay. And um, put my suitcase on the table. And this time, I thought in the last two places, I was waiting very patiently, obediently in the reception, etc. Okay. This time, I was like, I just opened and took out two, three of my projects, placed on the table, and said, "See, this is the stuff I've done. Can I meet, you know, people from your design team?" Right. Okay. And uh, I, I think um, the word went around, and two of the founders called me into the uh, studio. One of them is a person called Mr. Sunil. Okay. And. Uh, I think they were like, "Who's this kid who just landed up with <laughs> stuff?" And then it actually looked interesting. They spoke to me. They said, "Okay, wow. looks interesting. Maybe you can contribute to our uh, engineering or uh, 
design also yeah design engineering oh like a role that could you know be between multiple departments and uh, right i was excited and they said what what salary do you want etc i said um, these two three it companies have given me offers it is along these lines they said okay cool we can do something close to that and wow yeah that that was cool but now you go back home and again everyone sits and all of us are thinking about <laughs> which is the right move uh, for this guy and uh, one was a very large it company uh, and the other is a studio doing very niche interesting work which of course not too many people are aware of right again the whole design awareness is not at all right. wasn't at all present yeah so popular opinion was to join the larger company <laughs> so they looked at all the same work mm. they said we'll give you our clients are ferrari and boeing and stuff like that we'll put you onto those projects okay that was i think just to get me excited right. when i joined i was doing some c++ coding work right okay <laughs> so okay. one month of training happened and uh, what that was the pivotal point in fact where i realized what i don't want to be doing right? <laughs> it's as important as figuring out what you want to do exactly equally important yeah. actually yeah so i just quit after a month uh, wow that was quick but we had high speed internet and i was able to do research and figure out nid was like the coolest place in india at that point to okay. sort of study design formally okay so then i like dropped out um, of my job mm. parents had just left india and moved to another country that was going to be there for the next few years oh they were like a little you know edgy you know again yeah <laughs> okay but but they left it to me to figure out what i want to do and okay. uh, so then i realized so what happened was the folks at icaris were very nice mm. even though i had to communicate to them that okay i'm not going to be joining right now etc okay. met them a few more times and they were able to guide me and i met a few folks who were working there over previously from nid oh and uh, one of them is a guy called pratap so shout out to pratap ganpati so oh, okay. he's one of the earliest uh, design mentors or influencers in uh, <laughs> my design career shout out to him yeah now that now that we talked about engineering and everything uh, why did you end up choosing transportation design as your career right so like i mentioned um, you know pratap gave me some guidance sunil from icaris gave me some guidance right yeah um very grateful to that but uh, what it helped me was understand what's a portfolio how to put work together right and with all that understanding what i did was compile all my projects take a few photographs of them mm-hmm. add some write up of you know what the idea was why we why we executed this in um, a particular ways and uh made a nice a3 booklet spiral bound booklet out of it right. and uh yeah went to nid carried again the same two suitcases with all my projects and uh this was after the written test the uh, studio test, studio uh, test. Uh, yes yeah so because i had two in- interviews there i was there for a week so i stayed in the hotel i mean hostel for a week uh-huh. this was b hostel and oh, pali. The, yeah yeah pali campus and you know the studio test happens in april and right. that is oh. 40 plus degrees in right. amdavad amdavad heat yeah dry yeah. right and hostel you know right i mean oh. it was unoccupied it, <laughs> it was like an oven so yeah i used to you know pour bottles of water on the plank of wood before you know lying down putting a sheet and lying down at night it was <laughs> but but i really like the environment there 
Right. Like it's a nice green bubble. It's it's sort of a creative zone. You see a lot of students' works celebrated all over campus. Right. And these are not, you know, famous artworks or anything. It's it's meant to, you know, be part of a program or a course or a module during the curriculum. Right. Yeah. And it was great to see so much of that displayed all over the college campus. And mm-hmm. so heat, I think first night was a problem. After that, I sort of, you know, wasn't an issue at all. I was just involved with what's happening, absorbing things and studio test happened. I like the format for both studio tests. It was quite creative. Nice. Transportation was a little more, uh, you know, one was a sketch test where you are shown a car and then for like 30 seconds and then you're given half an hour to draw different perspective views okay. of the car. That was one. Then I think we were given some clay and, you know, just asked to mold or sculpt different types of scale models or ideas oh, in our minds. Okay. Then I don't know what the third one was, I forgot, but uh, huh, it was given some raw materials and asked to construct a... Um, functional object or something like that. Okay. Enjoyed all of it. Product design was also very interesting. This uh, one assignment was cool. We were each given a sock. Okay. Right. And in that sock is an object. So you put your arm in, figure out what that is. Just using your touch. Yes. Yes. And then you have to, you know, sketch the orthographic views of that object. Object. So I got that. uh, multi-pin socket adapter <laughs> with one of the pins missing, the earth pins missing. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that that was cool. And then I was able to sort of sketch it out. And the other part of that question was scale it up to 1.5 times its size ah. and make a side view, top view, whatever. Nice. So yeah, I found this whole process interesting. And you know, with each day, it was more like, yeah, this is what I want to be part of in the long run. Correct. Then the interviews happened uh, and uh, for some reason I chose transportation design. Common opinion was choose product design. It's going to offer you a wide skill set of, you know, you can work on cars, you can work on washing machines or mobile phones or whatever. But something told me, you know, being a specialist and then trying to see what else you want to do may be a better approach. Hmm. And I think that was a very good decision as well. And uh, yeah, and You've studied transportation design as well, right? And right, right, you, right. you've seen the effort and skill we put into developing the fundamentals first. Right. And then, you know, um, grow, moving outwards and seeing things at a zoomed out uh, view. For sure. And I think that helps in a way because, you know, when you pick a niche for yourself, you know, you are self-driven and then right. you have you know very specific focused goal and then you believe in creating not just you know thinking about it right so it all i think adds up to you know becoming that particular designer whom you really want to become you know you are really passionate about right. it i think in hindsight that choosing transportation design yeah. worked out fairly well yeah. as sitting here well and like you mentioned I, i've seen this during um, when i was in college and seeing more of it now as we are you know speaking to a lot of mm. people from the community uh, young designers etc the uh, the best thing about transportation design is what i think every designer whether you're a graphic designer ux or product or transportation is our language is pen and paper right, right? Exactly. so getting this spot on you don't have to be an artist you don't have to you know uh, sketch beautifully proportionate things all the time when required yes you need that skill but to communicate what's on your mind i mean that is the only language that transcends geography transcends you know culture everything right you're working in japan or china or germany i mean you might not be able to communicate effectively using your native language right but this has to be in place correct and we've seen some of this you know 
being taken for granted or being missed out in the True. foundational aspect of a designer today i completely agree with this because uh, i keep meeting all these uh, you know young students who are in design colleges already and i see this happening that they are getting too much influenced by all these modern digital skills right. like the ideation part is you know it's like the core essence of your design process right because you'll be you know churning out all the ideas and you know finally right. picking out the best solution Sometimes i mean you you're able to mask the core skill of you know being able to consider all parameters and solve for it through design yeah like i know what you're talking about blender right <laughs> blender is cool but use blender only after you've sort of solved everything exactly in the right way with the right uh, skills in the loop so like we were talking about like during our times uh, i think we used to sketch at least 100 200 sketches before reaching to a final proposal <laughs> right. at least 200 sketches right, right? like we would have a bunch of sheets yeah. lying around with you know random sketches and not like yeah. very detailed sketches right doodles rough right. sketches you know scribbles all that but now i think because of you know lot of inclinations and easy way out with all these you know visual skills right i think students are just stopping to you know 10th or 11th right. idea only they but i think that core essence of design yeah. which needs ideation churning out everything which you have inside you i think that is important and i like the point which you mentioned that our language is through pen and paper yeah right so if that is the language then you need to be a master of it i am not yeah. saying that build insane level of line you know yeah. skills and everything but at least conveying your idea through yeah. something which is through sketch right. it is very important yeah right? abs- absolutely yeah, i mean often we we've, we've come back after 100 sketches you come back to sketch number 3 yeah and think you know that is still the most relevant That's but fine. but you're confident you've exhausted every single direction Possibly. in your mind yes yeah. Yeah, I completely agree with that and I'm happy that we are you know having the same opinion. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it validates to some level. Uh, now that we have talked about all this during NID, you did several exciting projects. Right. I remember some of your projects very vividly and uh, you were one of those you know bright students from transportation design. So, uh, already you had you went to the best college in India. You had good projects in hand. you might have had good opportunities also so uh, why did you decide to go to umio and pursue another master sure. what was your thought process so so what happened was um my my understanding of design or what i like to think of as design is very different from what the industry sort of promotes yeah, really okay. to me design is innovation mm. right it it could involve uh making beautiful looking things it could involve functional aspects it could involve technology it could involve you know the psychological emotional aspects mm. like everything goes into design right today unfortunately what's happening in the automotive design world mm. is this term called styling i i i hate oh, hate yeah. this word That's styling my pet peeves actually yeah <laughs> it it doesn't justify the capability of a designer yeah so this was quite um uh i mean when you are a student you have so much aspiration so many ideas and you are able to put it together to your best of capabilities in a project and the given time frame right and when you when i got a first hand look at the industry it was quite disappointing at that time okay because it was a very limited scope of involvement in multiple projects mm-hmm. and like i said the styling is sort of a term that is de- detrimental for the whole design community True. itself yeah because you are not only creating a product you're also thinking of 
what the target market is you're thinking of what the consumers want you're thinking of um, everything from the way the product is going to be pitched or marketed and you're coordinating with engineering teams understanding engineering constraints and then of course the whole the look and feel of the bike is your first impression from a consumer standpoint is super important so, yeah. but as a designer you think of like 10 levels deeper just beneath the surface as well right right the industry wasn't totally encouraging this mm. and maybe at some levels they do but when you're in your most formative years of the career if you're only restricted to i'll make a mirror or i'll make an alloy wheel or something like that it's not uh, i mean nothing against people are doing it but for me it wasn't a good fit okay. and uh, so I had a first-hand glimpse of this. I did several internships um, during my time at college as well. Okay. I also came back to ICARIS to do one very cool internship during my third semester. Okay. Um, this was a cool project where we were working on mobility aids for the elderly and visually impaired people. Oh. So what I had worked on there was a walking stick with some sensors mm. and it had a part of the stick, the structural member was also a light emitting source. Mm. So every time you place it, it would, you know, have a illumination spread of a certain, I think, two meter radius. And um, the problem we're trying to tackle was a lot of the elderly, uh, first of all, wake up, you're a little disoriented. Mm. You look for your stick or your walker and then you also carry a torch with you. Yeah. And India, you know, power cuts are rampant. So how do we tackle all of this right. and make a product and from idea to prototype sort of pulled it off in about two months and uh, wow okay and yeah. actually this brings me to a very interesting and important point that uh, you know that styling the reason why we all like why we all designers hate that term is because that uh, design the core of it is problem solving right? exactly here also when you said about this icarus internship right you were solving a problem for visually impaired people right yeah. and that solution is design so tell me something narayan that uh, now that you had experience in nid then you went to umio uh, and what was that difference like like how did you feel that difference and how did it help to you know Sure. Grow that attitude as a designer in sure. the long run. So, when I graduated, I mean, apart from my career, where I had fun, couple of other internships, which was a little more um, closer to what the automotive industry was, which wasn't motivating. And um, I applied to Umeo and RCA in London. Um, had possibilities to join both, but I got a full scholarship at Umeo. Wow. And a few other advantages with Umeo, which I'll come to <laughs> as well. Okay. So. One being RCA was in taking about 20-25 students and Umeo was a very curated program for about 8 students in the batch. Oh, just 8 students? Yeah, so my okay. class was about 8, eight people. Wow. So that was one very interesting factor. Okay. And two, London versus north of Sweden where you're close to the Arctic Circle. And so I was like, okay, let me, you know, venture into the unknown and figure okay. out how life Zero is. One, no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So... Uh, before that, I had a couple of job offers, one from where you're also working and um, it was interesting. Um, I'm bringing this up because a lot of students will also possibly be faced with this scenario. Mm -hmm. Do I study further or do I take up a job, right? Right, yeah. So, I mean, RCO, Omeo, one of the two, but uh, or working in the industry was my predicament at that point. Mm. Again, common opinion from a lot of people in the industry plus colleagues was join, you'll learn a lot more during the job. Okay. Uh, I wasn't too certain. 
Also, one more factor that contributed to this was um, when I was planning to work here, mm. uh, my interactions were to be with uh, Edgar Heinrich, right? And yeah, the he, yeah. And a few months after that is when I came to know that he is planning to move back to Germany. Okay. So when that happened, plus I was already thinking of you know what is going to be uh, the best suited direction. Mm-hmm. Given my distaste for styling or <laughs> dislike for just the pure styling ah, role, right. wanted to be more core involved in uh, the decision making of making an entire product. Mm. So this is when, I mean, between RC and Omeo, both are good schools. Mm. I chose Omeo, I think I mentioned why. <laughs> and uh, two years in Sweden and mm. it was great, class of eight people and I think we had seven different nationalities. Wow. So there was me from India, uh, one person from Germany, China, Japan. I think we had a few seniors from Colombia and uh, uh, one more part of South America, Argentina as well. <laughs> and you can imagine now the kind of peer-to-peer learning. It's not so much about the exact uh, requirements of a project. Of course, great industry collaborations. Mm. We worked on a lot of projects with companies like Volvo, BMW and a few other startups based out of US and Europe Mm. at that point. But the peer-to-peer learning, which you don't realize on a day-to-day basis. But everyone is working with the same project brief, right? Mm. But the way you approach it, the kind of solutions you propose, the kind of um, factors that went into influencing your solution, Mm. that was a great learning curve. Which, which I of course wasn't aware of. Mm. I mean, now I can talk about it or through the end of the course, I realized that. Yeah. But I think that played a great influence in, you know, opening up your mind to the whole world and kind of cultures and people and True. how do you pick out what is important from a particular deliverable and mm. give that to the people, right? I was talking to Gaurav, who is also from Umeo. Right. And uh, he was also telling me the same thing. And uh, he was also mentioning this factor that when you are in Indian college, Indian scenario, your, you know, scope of uh, observation or, you know, exposure is limited. Right. When you go to a, an international platform like Omeo or any other college, you will be meeting a lot of people from different cultures. You will right. be you know, learning about so many other things. Right. And then uh, getting internships or collaborations with companies like you mentioned, sure. Volvo, Audi, BMW and all. Oh. And then you will get... You'll get so much exposure and at the end of the day, you can decide for your own self. Like, right. okay, I have now experienced everything. Right. Now, okay, let me decide what I want to do really. Right. Yeah. So, I'm very I, happy. I think in line with this, a mm-hmm. um, lot of these Indian colleges, we have exchange programs as well. Mm-hmm. What I noticed when we were in colleges, students were evaluating, is that a good college or not? You know, yeah. there'll be some college in Germany or Italy or US. There's too much thought going into is that a good program for me to go spend six don't even think about it just go there yeah just the fact that you are in a different environment different set of people that is going to open up your like mind quite a bit so if there is any exchange possibility could be vietnam could be japan could be cambodia could be um, some part of the us or europe doesn't matter just go for it get that experience get that new perspective and it it doesn't even matter if the projects are very core to what you want to do right i think here we have to prioritize your exposure a little over you know am I getting to do 100% of what I want or am I getting to do 70% of what I want (laughs) very nicely articulated actually awesome so uh, now that when you you know you were in Omeo then you said that you had you know industry projects with good companies global international companies Uh, tell me something uh, 
what were your learnings through those internships and when was that point when you decided right. that you want to do something of your own right what was that journey so like? that still wasn't on my mind of you know wanting to do something on my own okay. it was about i think all of us have a few uh, marquee studios that we aspire to work with as students and uh, yeah, stuff for sure. yeah. so i was pretty much the same at that point right um, had a few cool studios in mind of where it would be interesting to work worked with a couple of great places we went to japan worked at uh, daihatsu in osaka for some time right a uh, great place um, went to germany worked with uh, volkswagen at wolfsburg for some time mm. different types of uh, learnings from there but if i have to uh, talk about one one part of this whole phase that you know was very exciting definitely the time in japan Okay. The energy levels are through the roof when you're working. You're like putting two hundred percent and doing it. When you're out having fun and just meeting people and you know exploring yeah. Japan, there's a different energy and vibe to that as well. True. So that whole phase, you were in Japan yourself, right? Yeah, yeah. And it is super exciting. It is interesting that experience. You know, getting that new perspective, new experience, like country like Japan. right <laughs> which is like very different from india in every aspect right food discipline everything right. so it opens up so many avenues you know you'll be thinking in like when you experience all that right. i'm pretty sure after that experience you wouldn't be the same person when you were like before going to japan right right absolutely <laughs> how long were you there i was there for about um, between 4 and 6 months i don't know the exact uh, period but okay uh, that's a pretty long time yeah. experience uh, you know coast yes, culture yes, yes. of japan we were sort of passing through passing on the way through. to office and yeah, back yeah, and yeah. traveling on the local uh, transport and yeah. like what we see like videos on youtube right people shoving people into trains and <laughs> i was maybe one of those people in those <laughs> yeah so, so many moments actually but yeah definitely there is so much to learn from them yeah and uh, and what i liked is the culture and the fun you have also right you're not you're working really hard you're getting stressed at work I'm not going to argue with that but um we also had a lot of fun in the studio mm. so we were part of the international design team uh, along with me while i was there there was another person from germany uh, sebastian there was uh, one more person from us and uh, i think another person from china with us <laughs> in that program again a multicultural yes 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 team. and each of us were leading our own projects this was okay. of course working on uh, four wheelers at that point right yeah and um, Yeah, we hung out a lot together, explored a lot um, from um, uh, you know the heritage sites in Japan to going racing, going karting, and you know the culture, right? Like everyone is fascinated with cars and bikes there. Right. And I'm a vegetarian uh, uh, by choice, so oh, really? food was yes a big challenge. Oh. Uh, prompted me to start cooking as well. <laughs> <laughs> and when I say cooking, I think the depth of my cooking is an electric cooker, putting rice, putting some um, veggies, making uh, a sambar, or chaat masala, sambar. and calling it pulao. <laughs> I call my mom and say, "Hey, I've made pulao today." <laughs> <laughs> and then you get um, potato chips with it, and everything tastes good, right? <laughs> oh, but actually, I have stayed in Japan, and uh, if you are a vegetarian, it's quite a struggle. Yeah, really, as in it's. You, but you would have seen there's a 
there's a physical replica of every menu item as a wax dish, right? And it's so accurate, you can't tell it apart from the yeah, real thing. That was one of the highlights of my, yeah. you know, Japan experience. It's like so minute details. Yes. They would be doing everything over there and it will look like an actual dish. Yeah. In every restaurant, they'll be, you know, highlighting that. Correct, oh, correct. This is our menu. Yeah. It's like a physical menu. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that actually helped because I would take that dish, huh. go to the, you know, staff there, okay. point to the animals and say, one, two, no. Oh. Just give me the rest. So wow. that was the only way I was able to manage outside. And and I think the other day two in Japan, I learned to say Watashiwa nako tabamasen. I think it roughly translates to I do not want animals or Correct. I don't eat animals. I don't eat uh, any kind of meat basically. Yes, yes. <laughs> wow, awesome man. Vending machines, the metro, the you know the kind of disciplines. Yeah. Everybody will be having you know lanes fixed for everything. Oh man, Japan is. I think <laughs> it's a place like one should visit just for this experience. I think in an ideal world, it would be good to spend a few few months every year just just in uh, <laughs> just exploring Japan. Yeah. yeah, especially if you are going from Indian, you know this chaos <laughs> yeah that will be a nice retreat yeah <laughs> but after 6 pm it's chaos <laughs> <laughs> that is also true yeah. different type of chaos but <laughs> yeah but that's what i like about japanese culture they they enjoy what they do right, right. Yes, to be pick there. a few things but put 200% into those few things that, i think that's what i would have summarized it into from uh, my time there and wow